I'm so glad you're joining us here on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It's that time again. I'm about to get in the ring with a list of complaints about what I've said on our podcast in our weekly Clark Stinks segment. You know what else stinks? A majority of Americans think their children are going to be worse off than they are. I'm going to talk about that after I hear what I've gotten wrong again this time. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, Clark smells like a rose, but I haven't heard him tell his audience about veterans discounts offered by many stores and restaurants. This is usually 10% off. This has saved me thousands of dollars since leaving service in 1976. Keep being our financial guru, Glenn. Glenn, thank you so much for your service to our great nation. Uh, We have our military section on Clark.com, and I do talk occasionally typically around Veterans Day, about discounts available to military personnel. And I apologize if I'm not doing so enough. I, um, I avail myself of the discounts as well as a retiree. And uh, I have my, my card with me, my retiree card for those discounts. In fact, you used to go through a toll that's no longer a toll road. And do I remember that you would keep your uniform in the trunk and put it on because you got a veteran's discount? No, it was, no, mil- free. It was free for people in uniform, but I never did that. That was a false that was a, rumor that was rumor. spread about me. Okay. Did All not right. happen. Okay. This is a less of a Clark stinks and more of a Clark short-sightedness. A son wrote to him last week about his parents who were getting divorced. His father asked if he wanted to invest in his home in order to buy his mother out. The advice was fine, except I think you forgot a very important point, And that is that what if his son needs to get that money out at some point for whatever reason? Is he going to have that chunk of money tied up in the house forever? This could inadvertently lead to hardship or potentially even damage a family relationship. I think it's a slippery slope personally. Love you anyway, Linda. Linda, thank you. Uh, You know, I was looking at that question linearly about him wanting to help out in that situation. And you're right that many times when someone does something for love of a family member, that it ends up potentially harming that individual's independence and flexibility later in life. And Thank you for adding that to the the question that came up before and bringing up the point that I did not make. Clark, you smelled it up really badly on this one. Recently, Lance from Utah wrote in about his savings account that he had from way back when, and he went on to explain that he hadn't looked at the account in a while, and when he did, he saw it was paying a surprisingly low interest rate, but the bank was advertising a higher rate elsewhere. The higher rate was in a different savings account. I went through the exact same situation with them a few years ago, and then I found Betterment Cash Reserve, where they have a number of online banks they call program banks that offer high-yield savings accounts, and they take care of moving all the money around for you in order to get the best rates. This was the easy button for me, as I experienced the same frustration that Lance did. The rates may not be the absolute best out there, but they're close enough for me because of the convenience. And that's from Eric. Eric, thank you. Now, there's something also about Betterment, and that is that they use the formula where you're able to go way past if you're just 
loaded with money you need a wheelbarrow to deliver. They offer coverage way beyond the quarter million FDIC insurance as they, like many other brokerages and financial institutions, um, you know, stock brokerage type institutions and Betterment is kind of a flavor of that. They offer the ability one-stop shop to move your money around so that you have maximum FDIC insurance way beyond the quarter million and know the rates will generally not be lower through the bro- what they call brokerage place CDs and savings accounts. You tend to get a higher rate than you do as a retail customer of a bank or in some cases, credit unions. So Eric did mention that. I cut it short just oh. for, for brevity's sake, but he said they're placing your money in potentially many different accounts, up to four, he believes, so you get a million dollars FDIC insurance instead of the standard 250. And ever that, since, ever since what happened with uh, the bank in California. That's what he said. It gave him great peace of mind during the SVB problem. Oh, okay. So I was going to say the brokerage houses have enhanced there are programs that allow people who've got tons of money to not have to lose sleep worrying about money being exposed, not FDIC insured. And some of them now can insure many, many, many millions of dollars of money you'd put on hand, which is a fairly good problem to have. Absolutely. Would be great. I want to disagree with you on free shipping. I think that I can shop and see bottom line prices on items. Too many times I shop and find a price I like and they bake in a huge shipping fee. Ever bought a used book on Amazon? $1 plus $8 shipping to match the $9 free shipping book on Amazon. I wish all stores and restaurants included taxes in their prices. Just tell me what I'm paying for up front and don't hit me with sticker shock later, Steve. Okay, so Steve, I want to add to that one annex for those of you who followed me into the Sam's Club Plus membership with the free delivery, free shipping of items. I recently attempted to do free shipping. Well, I thought I was getting free shipping on water. And then everything else I'd put in the cart was free shipping. The water had a shipping charge three times the cost of the water itself. So even where you may be eligible for free shipping, you may find there are items that are ineligible and you don't know till you're there getting ready to pay and check out. Hi, Clark. Not too smelly, but you made a big mistake when you spoke about not using public USB chargers. You credited Tom Edison for the outlet you should use instead of directly plugging into a USB port. Actually, Nikola Tesla is the inventor you should be praising. He created alternating current, which is used all over the world. Edison invented direct current, which turned out not to be anywhere near as efficient. Tesla never gets enough credit, Joe. Joe, thank you. You know, for people who don't know their history, the rivalry between those two was so intense. And if I remember, Tesla ended up uh, penniless and Edison ended up incredibly wealthy. Clark, you know we love you. I heard your segment on gutter covers. You gave your listeners some ideas on how to get the best price for them, but you failed to mention to do what I did for a fraction of the price. You can go to Home Depot, buy their mesh gutter covers, and have your handyman put them on the gutters for you. It was super cheap and very effective way to get this project done. Artie. Artie, thank you. The mesh is potentially a solution. I think that the knock on mesh is if the leaf cover is too great where you are. It does not work as well as using the, the covers. Or yeah, whatever. the covers 
but I appreciate that suggestion. And I shouldn't even be speaking because my knowledge about houses is so low. It's, uh, I shouldn't it's not even true. have opened my mouth. Yeah. Yours far from stinky, although there might be a slight scent of an error of omission. Regarding printer ink, the best advice I ever got was from my nephew who recommended printing everything in draft mode. I have never had a problem with the quality being too low for most purposes, although for special projects, you might want a higher resolution. I use my Hewlett Packard printer on a regular basis and last changed my ink cartridge in September of 2020, Pam. Okay. I love that, Pam. Draft mode is a great idea to save money on printer ink. You're saving that money because you've been using the same cartridge for three years. Very impressive. You stink like an unwashed, sweaty gym towel. Gross. <laughs> In a recent podcast, you mentioned that soccer is a contact sport like American football. I strongly disagree. Soccer is the concept of playing the ball with your feet skills. And if someone steals the ball with a dirty trick or tackle, that person will get penalized and get suspended from the next match. In general, soccer is a healthy sport in high school. You will not see a high school kid playing soccer with a helmet or shoulder pads. Just try hitting something with that helmet and then without the helmet and see how much it hurts. Anonymous. Anonymous, I'll tell you, that was fresh in my mind from the World Cup. And you would have thought they were playing tackle football or rugby the way they were hitting each other on the pitch. So I guess I translated that automatically to high school sports. Now, my middle child, my daughter, Steffi, played lacrosse in high school and played soccer. And lacrosse is where I saw people just getting clobbered over and over again. And thinking back, I don't remember as much strong physical contact in the soccer when she played that. I think people worry with soccer about heading the ball in particular. Like a lot of younger leagues don't allow them to at this point. Hi, Clark. It's Jessica again, the estate planning attorney. I just heard my comment and your response that in a few years, the gift and estate sales tax exemption will spring back to a tiny fraction of what it is now. Not true. It is scheduled to decrease by half in 2026, but keep increasing in the meantime, which means by 2026, it will probably be still about $7 million or so for each spouse. Congress would have to pass a new law to decrease it further, and we all know how unlikely that is. Just trying to further clarify. And we heard that from a couple of other I, I thank all of you for that. I was remembering a prior revision of the estate tax where it would fall back to a much lower exemption that uh, was tiny compared to what had been set at that time by Congress. Okay, and I want you to read the next one. Oh. Just because I don't think I'm going to pronounce it right. Go ahead. Sorry, it's Krista who stinks. Clark says Nevada correctly. Please correct how you say it because it's like nails on a chalkboard. Sincerely, every born and raised Nevadan, Leah. Got it. You want to try it now? Nevada. Nevada, not Nevada. Everybody in America, every every news reporter ever reporting anything from Nevada says Nevada around the country. Oh, I've been corrected. Thank you so much, Leah. I will try to say it correctly the next time. But the other one we got something about was Missouri. Oh, yeah. And they said, no, that's only one part of Missouri where they say Missouri. <laughs> I recently listened to your podcast in which you talked about neighbors not getting along. Okay, I had to read this at the end. It's not a Clark Stinks, but I love it. And I wanted to tell you a different story. 
My 97-year-old father, a World War II veteran, lived alone for many years in his home before passing away three months ago. I'm sorry you lost your dad. As he became increasingly disabled, his neighbors became increasingly wonderful. They visited him often, bringing him snacks, meals, and lots of conversation. When it snowed, the neighbors and their children cleared his sidewalk and driveway. When storms blew through, they cleaned up his yard. When Halloween and other occasions arrived, the men would take him outside to congregate with the neighbors. Several couples held monthly dinners in Dad's house, bringing the food and cleaning up afterwards. His mailman brought his mail into the house and handed it to him every day, using his break time to visit with Dad. The man next door, active duty military, signed Dad up for an honor flight trip to the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C., and accompanied him for the day. Dad stayed in his home right up to the end, thanks to the help and friendship of caring neighbors. Almost all of the neighbors visited him in the hospital during his last few days, and they all attended his funeral, one of them as a speaker. When it came time to sell Dad's house, we decided to honor the legacy of good neighbors. Instead of choosing the highest offer, we sold the house to a family we knew would be good neighbors to people who had been good to Dad. Some neighbor stories are still good, Amy. You're starting to choke up. Oh, so sweet. It's wonderful. Amy, thank you so much for ending this week's Clark Stinks with your story. And it's something that used to be automatic in America, that we knew our neighbors and we took care of each other. And as we become more transient, and also the way neighborhoods are constructed today, we don't have as many opportunities to get to know our neighbors. So we have to be purposeful about it and make that effort to go meet them and talk to them because we gain so much from it. You know, we're not an island and we can be so much to each other, friends, uh, assistants, anything like that. And this is a great story about what neighbors can be And we need more of that. So I really appreciate you bringing that to us. Thanks, Amy. And sorry again, you lost your dad. And Amy, we're going to talk straight ahead about something that is a pessimism in America, that people tell pollsters, I mean, overwhelmingly, people tell pollsters that their kids are going to be worse off than they are. I have a rebuttal to that coming up straight ahead. Americans for more than a generation in polling have said that their kids are going to be worse off than they are. The only thing that's changed in more than a generation is the percent of people who think their kids are going to be worse off than they are, depending on how the question exactly is framed and who's polled. It seems to be somewhere between 75 and 80 percent of people think that their children are going to be worse off than they are. And this is something that is referred to as recency bias. We've had a number of things that have happened. This negativity really started after the terrorist attacks in 01. The world started looking darker to people. Then we've had the wars that didn't work out for us in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've had a lot of communities hollow out as the principal jobs available in that area folded up. I mean, we know the things that happened. 
And so we ended up with this enormous division of income in the United States with a smaller share of people having a larger share of national wealth. And then in particular in America, we have large swaths of rural America where people have really fallen behind, communities have fallen behind, and the young people in those communities have left. And in place after place in rural America, you see that the people that remain behind are significantly older in an average age of population and who's there than the areas of the country that are economically vibrant and growing and the rest. So we have this sense that our best days are behind us to so many people. I want to give a counterpoint. We have had a real problem with income inequality in the United States. We've been through a cycle where people at the top of the pyramid have taken an obscenely large share of national wealth. And there were many factors that led to this. But now I would say to you, there are many factors that show that the future is more positive for our country than we give ourselves credit for. And I believe that my kids will have a better life than I've had. The world overall, while we have become disappointed and pessimistic about our nation's future, the reality is the last several decades have led to enormous improvement in overall living standards around the world. And dare I say, even though people doubt me on this, we have better living standards in the United States overall. What has changed is the inequality in the United States and the sense that there is now a lack of opportunity for so many people. But in the world, we've seen an unprecedented decline in overall poverty. We've seen a significant increase in people's living standards. As someone who's traveled the world continually for 40 years and been to every continent except Antarctica, I see the change pretty much everywhere I've been. The places that have not had the benefit are those places that have suffered from civil wars or ongoing conflict. In the United States, where is my belief that I can be optimistic? Now, I know, I know that, I, that a knock on me all through my public life is that I am irrationally optimistic. I am an inherently optimistic person. And yes, there are times that I am irrationally optimistic. That's my nature. But this time, I believe through and through that my optimism is not only not misplaced, my optimism is right on the money. Your future money. Your kids' future money. And the reason is the nature of work is changing. And we always fear that change in nature of work. But the reality is, as I've shared with you on many occasions, the jobs that are opening up are there for people of all different levels of education, all different backgrounds, 
And this era where everything was based on the knowledge economy is having somewhat a pivot. I've shared with you that skilled trades that are what are called middle-skilled jobs are so short of people and will be for decades to come that are good-paying jobs in all kinds of fields that require knowledge, but they don't require knowledge, these white-collar kind of things. I mean, you want to see something funny. Go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's on a Saturday or Sunday and watch the white-collar types try to figure out how to fix something in their home. You want to see pathetic? Watch a white-collar person try to figure out how to fix something. Guilty. That's true in your house? (laughs) It's true in mine. And my wife, Lane, is like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've been volunteering building houses with Habitat for 30 years, and you can't figure out how to fix this, that, or the other? True. The opportunity in things I've talked about, I'll just, this is Pete and repeat, uh, plumbing, electrician, auto mechanic, aircraft mechanic, mechanic of almost any kind. There are HVAC, did I mention that? I didn't mention that. I mean, there are so many fields that pay well and are in much demand, but there's something else, and I buried the lead. Can you guess what that is? It is manufacturing. The United States is poised to be a manufacturing powerhouse again. In fact, we do more manufacturing now than we did before all the jobs evaporated in manufacturing because first the wave of of competition we face from Japan, more recently the intense competition we face from communist China, but we are into this era of friendshoring and reshoring because we are in a worldwide competition with countries that either wish us harm or believe in a completely different world than us we are now both competing and cooperating with countries that at times are our adversary at times are our enemy and at times are our trade partners so we're going to have more and more manufacturing come to the United States. And the result of this that we're doing for homeland security reasons, national security reasons, is going to help support income for so many people whose parents or aunts or uncles may have lost their jobs in the factory because the factory closed and things became tough after that we are going to see a manufacturing wave in the United States like you can't imagine. But the jobs will be different because the jobs are now different in the factory because of smarter technology available. Factories will run much more efficiently. The cost gap between manufacturing in the United States and manufacturing in communist China or Vietnam or wherever in the world, the cost gap is going to be smaller because of the smart technology being employed in these factories. But regardless, they're going to have employees there. It's not going to be like a factory that had 4,000 people before. You may be able to generate the same productivity, same production with much higher productivity per person. And the factory may have 
800 people instead of 4,000. But those are 800 more jobs than a shuttered factory. So no, I have not given up on our future in America. I believe our prospects are bright. We have built-in uh, geographical and resource wealth that continues to allow us to be successful in the United States. And we have clear private property rights. We have clear free enterprise. And I hear people complain about infringements on the free market system. I'm not worried about that. I believe in this country. I believe in my fellow American. And I think we're going to be A-OK, in fact, better than that. Krista? Okay, this is from Uncle Mike in Indiana. If I have an emergency fund at the credit union paying low interest, should I move it to a Fidelity account? And if so, which one? Do I need an agent or should I just use the internet? Yeah, you can walk into Fidelity. You can walk into an office and set up an account. They have a wide variety of investment centers. Or you can go to fidelity.com and open an account. With Vanguard, you have no offices. You do everything online. Schwab, you have offices. The advantage that Fidelity and Vanguard have over Schwab is Schwab, you have to do extra work once your money's in their hands to earn high interest rates on your money. Fidelity and Vanguard both make that significantly easier and automatic. But all three firms are great for you to be able to earn at market rates and make it very easy to do so, except for that hiccup with Schwab. What Schwab does is money on deposit earns 0.45% unless you move it to an account that earns more than 4%. It takes about 30 seconds to move the money into a higher earning account there, 30 seconds to move it back out, but they do that step, that friction, so that a lot of people by inertia just leave the money earning 0.45. You cut out that additional effort with Fidelity and with Vanguard. And this one's from Jeff in North Carolina. I was just wondering about an issue my friends had after opening an online savings account that I recommended to them to get a higher rate. They opened the account based on my recommendation from listening to you and then needed to withdraw money to get a new vehicle. Unbeknownst to them and me, this bank severely limits their withdrawals, even through wire transfer. I've never heard of a bank doing this, and they didn't get the vehicle because they couldn't access their money. How can a bank do this? I feel horrible as I'm the one who got them to open the new online account, and now they didn't get the car. And I okay. linked you to the bank's um, policy. What in the world is the deal? Because normally... I've heard this also from another person who wrote in recently. Same financial No, a different place. ACH is quick. What am I missing? The Daily Limit. Ah. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Oh, this is, this is not cool. So they limit you to transferring out from them. Once they have you, you're only allowed to move $2,000 a day up to $5,000 in a month. That is not cool at all. Um, this bank, now that... I can verify this is true. Uh, Valley, Valley who? Valley Bank. Valley Bank is the mm -hmm. name of it. And there was another one where someone couldn't close on a house with an online bank. It was a different one. 
So wow. this is starting to become, I think, more prevalent. Wow. They, you know, they're doing this because they're worried about hot money. If you're familiar with hot money, it's what they call it when people may very actively chase wherever the highest rate is regularly, even moving money weekly or whatever. At the same time, it should be very clearly disclosed up front that you do not have ready access to your funds. And that is quite distressing. That's something we're going to have to be very aware of. And I'm personally going to have to be very aware of is that handcuffs on being able to move money, that is very worrying and disturbing. Wow. This is from an anonymous insider in Arkansas. Walmart.com is comprised mainly of third-party seller listings, and many of them are scams that collect your money and personal information and don't mail you the product, making the customer take it up with Walmart's customer service. Somehow they're able to send you a bogus shipping number to make you think you're going to receive the product. It's an extensive problem on the Walmart site that they cannot manage. Wow. Okay, so Walmart at Walmart.com is trying to beef up It's third-party activity because, as you may be aware, Amazon overwhelmingly is a portal for third-party sellers, not for Amazon. And Walmart is like, wait, what about us? What about us? And it's quite possible that Walmart has not beefed up its processes to make sure that those third-party sellers are A-OK. I've not heard this before, but I'm going to, just as with the bank thing, I'm going to be very well aware that this could be an issue, and I'm going to keep my eyes and ears open to see if I'll need to warn people away from buying from non-Walmart.com sellers. Now, I will tell you, I've noticed when I shop a lot on Walmart.com that I always, on the left-hand rail, click Walmart only because generally those third-party sellers, I got no clue who they are, and you can do that, and you'll limit the possibility of ending up with the UFO seller that you thought you were buying from Walmart, but you're buying from who knows who. And Walmart wants so badly to make this work as a uh, mall, if you will, an electronic mall for themselves and third-party sellers, that this is one, if this is something that is a problem for a lot of people, they got to fix it. So Walmart, don't know if, if this is a isolated thing or a big problem for you, but just know that people are worried and you got to take care of your customers. I want to thank you so much for listening today. If you have a problem, I want you to know that we serve you 30 hours each week, Monday through Friday, with one-on-one free advice, something we've been doing now in our 31st year providing free one-on-one advice from our team Clark Consumer Action Center. If you go to clark.com slash CAC, you'll see all the details about how you can get this advice any weekday, except holidays. Have a great one.